Kim Grace Podcast. Let's go. It's your girl, Cindy Grace, and welcome to another amazing episode on the Walking Grace Podcast. Listen, y'all know the story. Y'all know how it is here. This is the place where God turns messes into a whole message and test into testimonies. So anyone that I bring on here would either have a message or a testimony. Today, y'all, I have, I do have my lovely sister here, Carol. She is a speaker. I'm going to give you a little bit about her. She's a speaker. She's a course and a content creator. She's a purpose coach, right? And when I mean purpose coach, she is literally walking women through a journey from being broken to freedom, giving them liberation through Christ Jesus. Now, this is someone who's been in a place of brokenness and have and have transformed her life in Jesus. And, and through that transformation, she's now teaching her fellow women how to be transformed too as well. So she's going to be taking us through a journey, her testimony on how she found love and purpose after divorce. Hey, I just hope after this interview, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, you can see the lessons and the hope in her message that if God can do it for her, he can do it for you too as well. Okay. But before, before we go into the juice of this episode, I would love my sister to tell us a bit about herself. Okay. Thanks for having me, Cindy. Hey, everyone. So as Cindy mentioned, my name is Carol. I go by Coach C, right? So ah, what about Carol? I am a mom, biologically to one child, a son. And I, I guess God found it perfect that I was doing a great job raising this one child. He, he allowed me to inherit three bonus kids due to my marriage. So God has been faithful. So the dynamics, yes, I have a blended family currently. Um, I am from the beautiful island country, Jamaica. <laughs> I'm not going to say Kingston, Jamaica, because that's what everyone knows. And that's not where I'm from. But I'm from another parish. Clarendon. A lot of persons don't know of that because we all associate Kingston or Montego Bay with Jamaica. I am from the parish of Clarendon. I did go to school in the city, which is Kingston. I did go to the University of Technology there. I migrated to Canada and currently living in the province of Ontario. So yes, God has been faithful. So that's a little bit about me. As we get into it, you'll learn more. Now let's get into the heart to heart. Okay. Cause you know, we just go straight into it on this podcast. Um, tell me about your divorce because before we can get to the miracle, let's see the pain before we can get to the purpose. Let's see the pain. Right. So tell me, um, about your divorce. How did you get there? what went wrong, right? Because this is how I see divorce is always, people always think is one-sided, but it is too, too, it's as a two-tangle thing in the sense that it's either 
you allowed something or you neglected something or the other person allowed something or neglected something for them to have arrived at that place. So just walk us through what led you to that place of divorce with your previous marriage. How did I get there? Question I asked myself when I actually ended there, right? How did I get here? All right, um, backstory. Um, I was with my first husband for a culmination of about 10 years total dating and marriage. I, I left shy of six years of marriage. The same year I would become six years, I left the January of that year. I got married in the year 2012. And um, this was, of course, no one gets married to someone they don't love. <laughs> That's ridiculous, right? This was someone who I trusted, I loved, I cherished, I valued. And as it is, he is the father of my son. So what happened? Now, let me just put this disclaimer out there. For women, we like to be loved and treated as though we're loved. We like the caring and the affectionate type of guy. We all need that, right? And for some of us, when we get so caught up in the idea of getting that, the idea, I say idea, just remember that. We get in the idea of doing that. Persons on the outside will not have the same view as you that are in the relationship slash marriage, right? No, I say this to say on the outside, persons would have seen or relationship that is that of my previous husband as controlling, he's too manipulative, he's controlling everything. I, on the other hand, so no, He's just caring that's how he is he's just, he just really loves me he just wants to ensure i'm okay he just calls to check up just to ensure i'm good and these are the basic stuff that started so remember i'm not seeing this this is i'm giving you the outside opinion and i'm giving you as the wife in the marriage who i saw what i saw and as the years progressed uh I would have seen the red flags, quote unquote, but as I said, I did not accept them. I wouldn't say I was in denial, but I did not accept it. I saw it as, no, I know this guy. This is how he is. He's just super caring. He's just super, not controlling, but he cares. Fast forwarded a bit and I recommitted my life to God in the year twenty. 12, shortly after I got married. So I got married probably the April 2012. Yeah, not probably. I got married April 2012. And I recommitted my life, um, I think around my birthday, which would have been in May. Because I'm like, okay, I did the partying. I have done it all. I have, and now I'm married. Like, I was raised in church. I am a quote-unquote church girl. What really is it that I need? So I recommitted my life. Listen, that's where the warfare began. We had a lot of arguments about going to church. Why do I need to go to church so often? Why do I need to go to church to serve God? Why can't I just serve God from home? Why do I need to go to all these nightly meetings? Why, why is it church taking up so much time then to say? And... 
as a new believer, again, you know, you're just starting this faith walk. You are now being conflicted. And you're saying to yourself, God, in your eyes, I'm doing this right. I probably didn't do it in the correct order. <laughs> but I am now married and I'm devoted to following you. Why all this right now? Like, we have been good. I mean, we have our, our hiccups, but we have been good for the most part. Why is it as soon as I decided to commit to you totally, fully, surrendering everything, now all this? And I kid you not, Candy, I, um, Cindy, I had a, I had a, like, warfare, tossing. And then it, it became verbally abusive. Verbally abusive. I was called all sorts of names. I was degraded. I was like, as I said, it's the grace of God. But we soon get to the testimony and the overcoming part. But for the most part, it was verbally abuse, being abused, manipulation. He was a narcissist. And I had all of that contending with. The day I left my marital home was in January 2017. I was on a week of fasting and prayer with my ministry. And I would have been struggling because um, nightly we would meet for prayer. On a regular day, it would just be Sunday and Wednesdays for church. Two days a week. And I kid you not, for persons who understand the spiritual warfare, I would be okay on a Monday. We would be okay on a Tuesday. But here comes Wednesday morning when later that evening I would have Bible studies. I would have church. And that's when the spirit started to act up. That's when he would manifest in his greatest sense of the word. Of course, he's my husband. I would have to respect that. And I know the struggles that I was facing. And as a Christian woman, um, this, is, this probably is a whole different topic. But just being submitted to a man who is not submitted to God is the hardest thing. And then, you know, just getting counseling and getting all of this, you, you know, my, 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 my pastor, my shepherd at the time was like, Hey, you have to do right by God for God to do right by you. And I was like, no, he doesn't deserve this. I'm not washing. I'm not cooking. I'm not doing all these white things. He's not a husband to me. Like, you know, and I had to learn how to love someone who in my eyes, did not love me based on how I was treated and how I was spoken to. And that day, as I said, the week of the, the day, it was a Friday, Friday the 13th. I will never forget. January 13, 2017, Friday the 13th. I remember I was getting ready to go for nightly prayers and what would have happened leading up to that week. He came home from work. I was doing the dishes, taking out the garbage. And he started with an argument, of course, because I've been doing this all week. So I know, I know you come in, you start. It's repetitive. And I was trying to pass him. Like, I'm like, excuse me, I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> like, excuse me, I gotta go. I tried passing him and he was trying to address me. He was trying to speak to me and I was trying to just ignore him. So I was like, excuse me, you know? I need to go. I was going to, out to the gate to empty the garbage and he pushed me. So the, he was trying to stop me. So he pushed and the pushed, he pushed. I lost my balance and I fell back on the couch. 
upon trying to get up now, um, he held me down in my shoulder, like, held me down. And he's like, I'm trying to talk to you. I'm talking to you. This, in all my years of dating, of being married to him, this was the first. And I was fearful. And we were in a season in my country, like, domestic violence was just on the that there was a spirit that was released on the land that it was just up here like hi domestic violence and i was like mm -mm. the fear when i saw his eyes and i looked up at him and i saw him he's holding me down and i was like i'm trying to get up you're holding me against my will let me go i'm trying to talk to you i'm trying to talk to you my son at the time started crying that's how he released me to go and grab my son. I grabbed my son and I ran. My son was having his McDonald's. I packed up everything and I just ran out of the house. My mom had gotten a taxi for me to take me all the way. That's like an hour plus out of Kingston. Took me home. I left with nothing. Like I just left. And that was the beginning of the separation. That was the start of it. I never returned. That was the third time. The final time, the time I left with my son and the time I made up my mind that this has the potential to become physical, I would not be a statistic and I left. So that's what led to the separation leading to the divorce. Thank you. Now that you're out of this, um, out of this marriage and you're in between, right? Now, how did you... Put in value in yourself. How did you bring yourself up to value to be able to attract the valuable man that you have right now? Because for someone to be able to attract what you have, you must have done some work even after that, ex that experience. So <laughs> how did you put in value in yourself to attract the valuable man, number one? And number two, did you find your purpose before you met your husband or did you find your purpose after you met him? When you realize that you have someone to live for it was past me now it was more than me it was it's, it had nothing to do with carol when i looked and that i had a, a almost two-year-old he wasn't even near two it was like one year and a couple months and i realized that i'm growing i'm raising a son a king as i call it and if i stay in a home and he sees his father talking to me a particular way, treating me a particular way, then that will become his norm. And um, I was trying to avoid that. What I did to work on myself after all of that, after being called good for nothing, um, worthless, name calling, all sort of anything you can think of, I encountered and experienced intimacy and true deepness of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When I tell you clockwork, I would get up in the wee hours of the morning, like and not an alarm, my body will just wake up about three o'clock, 2.55, those hours. And I would just be sitting. Now by this time I've moved home with my mother. I'm back living with my mother. And I find that a privilege because not every woman has that. And I was able to move back home with my mother go back to my old room, <laughs> right? And I would sit on that 
carpet in my room and I would open my Bible and I have my book and my pen and my highlighters and I was just feasting at the table and I had to find the scriptures that I am who God says I am. I had to find the scriptures that says you are the righteousness of God and you are made righteous through him. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I had to speak these things to my spirit until I believed it. I was in a season of a lot of fasting and prayer and just totally just surrendering everything. Like I was like a puppet on a string, just having the Holy Spirit just do. The Holy Spirit said, you have been transformed to transform. And hence, that's how the name of my coaching business came up. Transformed to transform speaking and coaching. And I got that from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit just gave me everything. You are going to empower, impact, motivate, and transform lives, which is <laughs> the slogan of my business, to impact, motivate, and transform lives. And I remembered right as I'm getting ready, I went and I paid my school fee. And I was so excited. I'm coming to Canada and my son, and I'm going to start over. And trust me, this was a rough patch. Remember, I'm separated. I don't have the financial support. New country, I have no family here. Early the week, about the Monday, my mother was diagnosed with cervical cancer. So I'm coming to Canada. This has been the woman that has been with me through it all. From point A to point B, she saw me through it. She prayed me through it. She financed me through it. She helped me, my mother. And now leaving to come to Canada, here it is that she's diagnosed with cervical cancer. I lost it. <laughs> I'm like, nope, I'm not going. Mm -mm, I'm going to take care of you. Da, 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 da. I was, she's like, nope, I lived already. No, it's your time to live. You need this. And she spoke. <laughs> she's a woman of God, a powerful woman. She was a powerful woman of God. And she would have spoken to me. Listen, listen, get your head together. Get your head together. Listen, you're going. This is your new start. And of course, I left Jamaica with a heavy heart. I pulled everything to my name. Everywhere I had money, <laughs> I pulled it to pay the first semester. How my second semester was going to be paid, I don't know. The plan was before mommy's diagnosis was that she was going to help me for the second semester. Now, all that money is taken into chemo. So here I am. In a country <laughs> paid my first semester and January I don't know what's what's gonna happen because I did my post grad in project management and that was just like a one-year program and it was super expensive and as international students trust me it's a lot of money God provided God showed up God like trust me Cindy like God showed up I got my tuition paid by somebody just offering to take a loan in Jamaica to pay my wish. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay you back. I don't know about this. Just do. They just they were like, just do. I know that that was an angel. <laughs> that was a good Samaritan. Like, listen. And God showed up for me. So, transform to transform. My purpose happened 
after that divorce, my first husband. How did you meet him? <laughs> oh my gosh. In the most unconventional way, I met him on a dating site. Which one? For my Facebook sisters. Dating. Facebook. Oh, listen. Hello, somebody. There's a section on Facebook. So you go on Facebook and there's a section on Facebook where you have all those little different stuff and you see a little red heart. It's called date. I met my now husband on my mother's birthday, September 16. And um, we met on Facebook dating. As I said, out of curiosity, I was just on Facebook and I was looking for something because um, I don't know if you know on Facebook, sometimes you'll have those memories from the past. So I had one come up with my mother and I was trying to find it back and I couldn't find it back. So I called someone and they're saying, go to your settings and go here. And then I saw a whole bunch of stuff. And I was curious because then I saw the heart. I was like, what is this? So out of curiosity, I started just clicking, clicking and allowing the clicks to lead me. <laughs> and I was clicking. <laughs> I was just clicking. I was like, mm, this is some scam. Like they're going to ask me for my credit card. And it's Facebook. Like who could you possibly meet on here? Like my roommate at the time, when I discovered this, I called her and I said to her, Hey, I found a dating site on Facebook and I, you know, I was just excited and I was just sharing with her. And when she came home, we were both just there playing around with the phone. I'm, I'm just saying, Hey, this is where I went. This is what I did. I created my profile and I was very honest on my profile. Hey, I was like, I'm not just a Christian by association, but I'm a Christian, a practicing Christian, meaning I don't party. I'm not going to have sex before marriage. I laid it out. Like I was so direct. So, um, I was showing it to her and I said to her, okay, look, I was using my husband, my no husband as an example. And he became an experience. I keep saying that to people. My no husband was an example and he's now my living experience. I showed it to her and I was like, Hey, okay. Like this guy. So if I say I like him and I press the heart, it goes to him. If he likes me back then we are able to have a correspond, corresponding going on. And I was just showing her to her. So I said, okay, so let us do that. And I did that. And I said, like, yeah, so if he likes me back, we'll talk. That's the only way we can talk. We were there just chatting and having our jolly good time. I heard, ding, he liked me back. And um, listen, the rest is history. Hello. What qualities did you see in him that finally got you to say yes? His devotion and his dedication for God. Funny enough, when we both met each other, we were both on separate fastings. I was on an individual seven-day fast and he was on a three-day fast. This time it was a lot different. It wasn't anything sexual. It wasn't anything. It was about wanting to know God more and just having somebody to do that with. And... God gave me the confirmation um, in, in a fasting and prayer, as I said. And I said, he said, this is your husband. I didn't want to say anything. And I said, Holy Spirit, give me somebody who I can trust. Confirm with somebody else who I can trust. Do that, and then I hear you. August 8th, last year, 2021. My pastor is a prophet. And he... We, he had some Instagram lives because, you know, we were in the heights of COVID, just encouraging the people and just speaking. And he had in some calling for those who would like prayer. At this time, I was in Alberta. 
because my sister had just, um, I was in Edmonton. My sister had just had her baby. My sister lives in, in Edmonton. So I was on that side, just helping her in the early stages. So I was there. And when I called in on Instagram live, listen, I called in on Instagram live and I said to my, my prophet, I said, prophet Ryan, I would like pars and direction in choosing my partner. This would be my second time around. I just want the Holy Spirit just to guide me. You know, I was just telling him. He paused. Listen, Cindy, he paused and he says, I'm not praying for you. Everybody on the line was like, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> and he's like, yep. Sometimes I watch over the recording. I had somebody that was doing a screen, rec screen recording and he said, nope, God told you. He gave you the answer already. Fear is holding you back. Fear. Because it's like you, you know you're saying, mm -mm, but you don't want to. God says, yep. God says, it's December. God says, do it December. I said, do what December, sir? <laughs> and he says, I am seen on your list. Listen, remember, this is the list I told you I have in my private book. No, my prophet don't know about my list. He doesn't know about my book. He said, I'm seen on your list. You have a few items on your list and you have check marks. And literally that's how my book is with the check marks, listing what I want. God says you have, you may not have everything on that list, but you have what you need. That was my confirmation when the Holy Spirit said to me, I am going to give you what you need and not what you want. He said, God says, December. Marriage, December. This is August 2021. And here he's saying, marriage, December 2021. I felt a release. Like, I felt, you know when you're lifting something heavy and you put it down, you know, like, oh, thank God. That's how I felt a release in my stomach. And I said, I started bawling and I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And I kid you not, Cindy. Four months to plan a wedding and we got married last december december 18 2021 congratulations my sister this is so powerful because i have i have friends who've been in your shoes so this will so motivate them but there's just one last thing because we're trying to wrap up with time here oh my god i wish i had so much time you and i would just talk and talk on this place but now i just need you to just just answer two things for for us quickly what is marriage now compared to what you had before Number one, and number two will be what would you, what what is your advice to both singles, married folks, or divorced folks? Uh, my advice to persons who are single, I say don't call yourself single. That's my thing. I say call yourself unmarried because Paul was single, and you know the Bible, Paul said you know it's better to be single than to burn. It's better to marry than to burn, right? But then if you're single, you serve God more. You you do more. So I'm saying. Don't call yourself single if you truly desire marriage. Call yourself unmarried. And so I'm going to speak to my unmarried folks. This is not a time for you to be sad and droopy and, oh, I need somebody, even with Valentine's Day just passing. This is the time for you to delve in and dig into God. This is the time where your relationship like never before should bloom should grow, should blossom. Because just as how we're having a conversation, listen, 
God speaks. But if we're not still enough and we're always on the move and we're just in a monologue with God and not a dialogue, then we will never hear what Holy Spirit has for us. And that's, I'm going, that's what I'm going to say to the unmarried folks. Stop chasing and running down and thinking, oh, I need to get married and looking at your age and all of that stuff. Use this time. Chase God. Go to God. The, it's, it doesn't lie. The scripture said it, right? Seek him first and everything. I know sometimes it may sound cliche, but it is what it is. I am telling you from experience. Seek him first and everything else will be added. Everything, not some things. So God knows the desires of your heart, but you cannot go to things and then ask God to bless it. Go to God. Say, God, this is where I'm at. Direct me, lead me. For persons who are married, understand that within your marriage, regardless of what is happening, regardless if you are the bad person, regardless if your spouse is the bad person, your, your, your duty is to protect each other. And that's, I can say for me, a lot of persons didn't know I was going through a lot of stuff when they heard of my separation. Because it wasn't something that was broadcasted, I went to Knee City. Knee City. Knee City. Just put it there. Go to God and find people who you can confide in. I want to say people. I don't mean a whole bunch of people. Somebody from your church. A, a, a couple that you look up to. And you say, hey, this is where I'm at in my marriage and I need some I need some guidance. And be it verbal abuse, physical abuse, if you are in tune with the right people, they will direct you. They will guide you. And conviction, I always say, if you're conflicted, there is a problem. Once there is a fight, once there is a wrestle with you, there, there's going to be, there is a challenge. Because when conviction comes, you will know. To persons who have been divorced and you're saying, oh, mm -mm, I'm not going to marry again. Like, no, that's done. I am over it. No. Remember too that your words have power. My friends could tell you that I always say I was not called to singleness. From the moment I got divorced and everything, I kept saying, oh, I'm not called to singleness. No, no, no. I'm getting married. I'm getting married again one day. Like, even if my mind was not in a place to, uh, it's just something that I spoke. And if you keep telling yourself that, oh, you will never love again. Oh, I'll never marry again. I can't trust nobody again. Your, your words will manifest. They will take root. So whether you're saying it out of anger, out of jokes, out of just for saying them, remember that your words have weight and it has power. So if you truly desire somewhere, be somewhere down below, you desire marriage again. You desire to be loved and treated and respected as how you ought to be. For whatever reasons your divorce happened, you have to speak what you want. You have to put yourself out there. Because the thing is, we want love, but we don't know how to give. And it doesn't work. So we, I want a man to love me and cherish me and treat me good. Yeah, but what are you doing to the man? It's two ways. Right? So as you're in a divorce position, because I said, okay, single, married, divorce. Those are the three titles you see on a form, right? <laughs> and you're saying you're divorced. You are in a position of riches. You, you, to be honest, you have, you have an advantage. 
Because here it is, whether it lasted for a day or two, here it is that you would have been called a wife at some point. And there is something that you would have learned. Be it from your side or from the other man's side. But learn. What can I do differently next time? And keep your blinders up. Look, make a list. I did that. My faults. His faults. I did it because I had faults. And even in this marriage, even during our counseling and stuff, I said, this is me. And this is what would have transpired in my first marriage. And I would have called them out because we have to call out our things because we just sometimes we sugarcoat it and we feel like, oh, it's just when I get mad, I say stuff. No, you have a problem with your mouth and you don't know how to manage your anger. So call it what it is. And you call it out and you look and you work on yourself. Stop trying to find a guy that is not your husband anymore. Work on you. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. We marry men. We make them into husbands. We are already wives as it is. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife. It didn't say he that findeth a woman. It says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. That means we are already by nature, by biblical standpoint, we are wives. And we create our husbands. We marry men. But marrying us, they became husbands. So we need to create the environment and the atmosphere for what we seek. So I say, work on you and stop trying to find the next man that is not your husband. Work on you. Find out your faults. Spend time in the word of God. Look at your faults. Have persons assess you. Ask somebody, what do you think about me? How did you see me in my last marriage? Do you see me as this? Do you see me as that? Get, because this is introspection, this is reflection, and this is growing. Personal development. So those are my advice. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sister. And thank you for those who have been listening and watching and tuning in. I hope this video was impactful. I hope you learned something. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, my sister, Carol, for being here. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Stay rooted. Please head over to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. We appreciate you sharing and being a part of this community. Until next time, keep living your best life. And remember, your gifts will make room for you when you make room for God. Do better because you know better.